0: back to another episode of the Key in the Lake Whiskey Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast that now has the mention of whiskey in its title. Yes, we've been going strong now for almost two months with the Key in the Lake Whiskey Podcast, formerly known as the Key in the Lake Podcast. This is Jake here, speaking with you on a Sunday evening, just before we roll into August and drinking a nice little smoky uh, bourbon to go along with the weather. It's cooling off here in Chicago, smoke-like and straight bourbon out of a wee Glencairn glass that... Cal O'Donnell, uh, one of our co-hosts here, left behind at my house many of the times, and I think I've just claimed it as my own now. Uh, this is a pretty cool podcast we have going on today. It's actually a little break from whiskey. We talk a lot of beer with Samu Ron, who is a key account manager for uh, Glenn's Brewing here in Chicago, which is a distribution company of uh, many fine beers. And Samu is one of the most knowledgeable people about beers that I know in Chicago, and it's a pretty high compliment. And also with us is Bob Zacharias of Fountainhead. Uh, we've been recording a summer series at Fountainhead, Chicago, which is an amazing whiskey and beer bar here in uh, Chicago in the Ravenswood neighborhood of the city. And if you're ever here, please come visit and say hi to Bob, who helps us co-host this episode um, as well. He is the beverage director and manager over at Fountainhead. So if you ever stop by Fountainhead, ask for Bob, say hi, tell him the Keen and the lake guy sent you, and you probably won't get a discount. But I can guarantee you'll have a good time and drink some good uh good spirits, good beer, and also have some really good food uh, without any further uh, jabbering and ranting from me. I guess I really haven't ranted as it's pretty late here on Sunday night before we have to go back to work and sell whiskey of my own uh, for my own job. But uh, yeah, appreciate you listening. Have fun. Uh, stay safe, everybody out there, and enjoy Bourbon Heritage Month, which is coming up here in September as the calendar rolls into fall. Cheers.
1: What's that? You can Cause, those are good. Because I, I, <laughs> I, I hung out here last night. I hung out here last wrong. night. <laughs> um, <laughs> so nobody to blame I for was, my tardiness I but was, myself.
2: I was here last uh, night, and now I'm here today. I to had a Pills uh, on Draft,
1: Dovetail vina Lager, uh, mm. Lager uh, Pub Cider, Omegang, Solera, mm. Charlatan, Anchor Porter, mm. Um... Rogue, Bat Squash, Goose
3: Island, Lost Which rogue do you have?
1: Rogue, uh, Bat Squash, New England IPA. IPA,
3: That reminds me of that. Oral is there a dole for us to to taste at some point. Do you
0: have any dead guy?
3: Maybe I'll do that in the middle of the show. Sure. We can jump into a beer tasting. Is there any dead guy here? I love
4: beer
1: tasting. Dead guy's next door. Next door.
4: Hmm.
3: Well, that's
1: a a long walk.
3: True. Um, How's about I I trust your expertise for something. Midweight, not okay. a logger, since I'm going to have a fair bit of logger before long. Okay. <laughs> uh, because it is a magical Friday. It is a magical Friday. Um, <laughs> and no, there's no reason to never have logger. Um, Where is know. this
0: logger going to be drank at?
3: Uh, I'm introducing the gentleman who owns Hexa Coffee to oh. Metropolitan. Cool. Uh, they uh. are just truly oh. aligned in virtually all yeah. respects. Which right.
0: I heard you might be bringing them to our little whiskey tasting on Monday
3: night. Oh, that's accurate. Yes. Cool. Uh, there you will meet Parker. That is his name. Parker. Yeah. I think that I met Parker. Parker. He's the sort of character to... Love his space just over there. Love that space. Uh, he makes...
2: I went there because you told me about
3: that. Uh, oh. Whatever you feel, Bob, I guess, ultimately. Um, I was caught between porter or logger, and then I just decided it's a sort of knee-jerk reaction in the wrong way. So I just... Can you fix me? I think you can.
0: Can I have whatever you're um, having,
3: Bob? Parker's the sort of chap who, uh, if he's going to have... Um,
0: Whatever you're drinking. Cornhole
3: uh, bags at his establishment. Yeah. They damn well better have Baphomet painted onto them, uh, which they do. Oh. So he's he's of that ilk.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah.
3: Um,
0: they do their own roasting there, correct?
3: They do, yeah. He's... Um, it's a great space. Yeah. yeah. And they have a bar. They do. Indeed, also that. And actually, speaking of New Orleans, my last reminiscence of New Orleans is when I had a drink there with rye and green chartreuse in it. And Ooh. just sat on the patio and was baking the sun and said, I wish I were doing this... A number of hundreds of miles south right now. <laughs> um, but their, their first anniversary is just about upcoming, too, actually. Yeah. Hexas is? Yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, do
0: you know... Um, oh, gosh, my mind's blanking right now. But I've had a few meetings there with some bar uh, managers who ran run some programs out in the suburbs, but they live near at there. At Hexa?
3: Yeah. Um, other people who work there. Uh, Violet? No wrong. one who works there oh, no Who lives in the there. lost Back behind there or The apartments behind you yeah. I don't know that I've really met anybody Who lives in the vicinity yeah. I just go there Bring people there To show them Say this is a place That you should check out And they say Oh how's the coffee I say I have no idea uh, But yeah I don't know Are uh, you a coffee drinker No oh. I should learn I guess But I don't know It's just learn. another Another liquid to deal with <laughs> Are you r- any
0: morning drinker
3: <laughs> No Don't No caffeine yeah, No caffeine, no no caffeine tea? You Only one. caffeine Is an alcohol That's no pretty alcohol. much it yeah. Okay
2: no tea.
3: Nope. It's too much like water. Gotcha. I agree with awesome.
0: that. I only drink tea when I'm sick. Yeah, there you go. It that's is almost it. like water. It is. I mean, a,
3: it's pretty much just water.
0: Once I have a little tickle in my throat. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, some, that's
3: interesting. You used to do the honey lemon a tea. A non-COVID tickle. Honey? Not, yes, honey good. Lemon Re- relevant <laughs> specification. <laughs> but that was just an excuse to drink honey.
0: Oh, honey and tea is great.
3: Yeah. Then I discovered mead and said, get out water. <laughs>
0: see you can see your water. Yeah. Mead of God is upstairs. <laughs> that's get right. Is it right? Out,
4: get out uh, or neck, or neck of the Gods? Neck no, Meat uh, of the Gods. Yeah, Meat of, go- oh, of, of the Gods. Oh, Meat of, of the Gods. Correct, yes. Yeah, Ambrochis, who I'm correct. speaking upon. She is, she
3: is, she is, she is above. Uh, I think she is.
0: Actually, she might have left. I don't know. No, she's upstairs. Okay. She yeah, upstairs. She's up there
2: till like five or something like that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what was the Old Norse kenning for poetry? Meat of the Gods? I think. Yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Yes. That sounds about right.
2: I don't know.
0: I don't read much. No. And Bob's bringing oh, some man. beverages to the table on a magical Friday. He forgot mine. <laughs>
3: yeah. Can only, carry, uh, what does can he only d- carry one perfectly What, he what is he drinking? It's Party water. It is the slang. Oh, that's right. He was division. talking
0: about it last week on the podcast, was it's he not? Delicious. Seek out specifically?
3: It's yeah. so good. Yeah. So it's, it's very it's refreshing and light. Uh, credit Blade for the name. Not lager. Oh, perfect. Yeah, you see, you always know. You, you get me. He said fix
0: him." Get me. We were talking about a, an, ev- an event that you did. The brewery escapes me, but when you guys r- something to do with the fireplace.
3: Gustungling. Yes. Elman. Yeah. Elman. Yeah, yeah. Oh that's right. Yes. Um, I don't remember if it was Elman or not. He was, he was talking about Elman Wednesday or whatever the other day was, mm. and I thought they might have been something that you were going to be sneaking in or. He was.
0: Or we're trying to get them on the podcast. Yes? Yeah. Okay. They want to. They, as they described themselves, as whiskey drinkers who own a brewery.
3: That is not wrong. Okay. Uh, okay. They also occasionally will have poker nights at the brewery with cigars and whiskey did and you beer. you poker? Night? I did say poker. Okay. I
0: thought you said hooker. I
3: uh, thought you said hooker. You as know, well. so that wasn't the double <laughs> entendre I was going for because we were talking about hot pokers with this event. There you go. But they are ah, talking about card poker. Card yeah. poker, gotcha. Um, <laughs> yes. Wilson has a dirty, dirty mind.
0: I do. Once no. again, Cal O'Donnell cannot be with us because he's having lots of sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
2: He is... Uh, Yes. He's doing that right now. Uh, That's what
0: happens when your girlfriend comes in the town. Yeah. Who lives far, far away. Very far. How long was he gone? Months, wasn't it, or something? Well (laughs) he was he was gone for how he went to the DR for about three or four weeks to see her. Okay. And now she came here last night. I Uh guess he done good. So so they only had a separation of two weeks, maybe?
3: Well But when you're in your late twenties, early twenties, however old they are. However old they are. Everyone's in their early twenties in the Dominican Republic, just in the state of mind, right? (laughs) Just go there and hedonism yeah I guess I've never been <laughs> neither, really me neither <laughs> really shouldn't say it's a rival country no for Wilsons to
0: people uh, it's actually we're alright with them yeah <laughs> Yeah. Are you, who are you not alright with?
2: Um, with if you ask <laughs> it depends who you ask personally I don't think we're riding really well with anybody but um, Puerto Ricans yeah but um, I think is that uh, from your perspective or yeah, whose fault is that? Yeah, exactly. It's like I said, it depends who you ask. I mean, a lot of them will say Mexico because they're like, "Oh, are you Mexican, no, I'm Puerto Rican." Because or, okay. like, or Cuban. Cuban Dr. And, you know. in
0: Haiti share correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, and they don't. I don't think they have. They don't have love for each great. Other. Yeah. Dominican yeah. on the yeah.
3: west side, on Haiti the on, the east, on the east. That side. is correct. Glad you yeah. Right. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah, because it's strange how that earthquake down there back what ten years ago or so. Yeah. It didn't touch the DR, really, and it was mostly just Haiti that got destroyed by it. Yes.
3: I think one of the biggest aspects of that, and I'm no great scientist here, but mm. Haiti had been so thoroughly deforested, whereas Dominican Republic was not, and through the runoffs and the sort of erosion and other things that happened as a result of that deforestation, mm. it just made, made Haiti that much more Thank vulnerable you. to everything else that That's took place. True. Yeah, because I Speaking could be completely wrong about that, but I think I saw hot it. Hot mics. Hot mics. I think I sounded good saying, it. I don't uh, know if you're
0: The uh, <laughs> Redwood Basin's just
3: gone. Yes.
0: Have you been up there before?
3: Uh, wait, no. Where were you saying?
0: In California, Northern California from the fires, the Redwood Basin. It's oh. a big, big hiking forest.
3: The f- I've been to the Muir Woods north of San Francisco. Pretty close to there. That is tragic.
0: Yeah, it's just gone. I've hiked three or four times up there before, and I was just reading an article, and I'm like, what do you mean gone? And just gone. It's gone? Yeah, the Whoa. trees are just gone from the fires.
3: Crazy redwoods, yeah. Sad. Having heard of so many fires that happen there, you just assume (laughs) that there's an in. uh, There Ah. are always there. Yes, the refreshments. Such a beautiful part. It's a magical Friday sound. It is. It is. It is is. the party water.
0: Oh, it is party water. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Grapefruit. Oh, this would be great in a cocktail. Is that the grapefruit
4: clementine? Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Put this with a little
0: whiskey inside of there. Maybe something creamy and weedy and well-balanced. I don't know, maybe Star Wars twofold. I don't know. (laughs) Crazy.
3: Uh, Just pulled that out of the top of your head there, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually never thought about putting whiskey in seltzer. Why not? Oh, I do all the time.
1: My initial thought would have maybe leaned towards like a mezcal or something. Yeah, Yeah, it's
3: a white spirit of some sort, something like that. Or even a a white rye, maybe.
2: Or even a white whiskey that is essentially an unweeded bourbon.
0: Where would one find such a thing?
2: A uh, unaged weeded bourbon, I should say. Do you
0: have one of those? I do. Hmm. It's fabulous. It's you very probably good. Not it whisper into the microphone. Oh, are we on? Yeah, for eleven minutes.
2: Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Wilson in the flesh. I thought we were just I thought we were just, you know. Just shooting a couple, shit, well, couple people gabbing. Yeah, well, no, because I we were waiting for... Uh, yeah. No, yeah, well, you know. But we didn't play the music. Bob was using his
0: dad's infed voice yelling at people in the background. I love that. Oh, this man, is this is big.
2: All right, I love
0: where this is going. Let's keep going It's the this. Friday magic. Yeah, I right?
2: love yeah, it. I yeah. love it. Friday magic. Um, something like that. But we're here at Fountainhead. Inside. Inside. Right. We are inside, inside. today. We are inside today because it's too fucking
0: hot outside. Let's
2: it's a scorcher.
1: Still
0: it's still pretty hot in here. Not like the AC, AC. No, can so don't worry much about that. Since, uh, I'm, it's just, yeah, it's not. I,
1: it's not a huge reprieve, you know.
0: <laughs> I enjoy it more better. than sitting in the AC. <laughs> to Be honest with you, I don't mind sweating a little bit, but I went running four hours ago and I'm still sweating from that. From
2: the run, yeah, I can. I suggest I mean, not
0: going running at noon on. A 95-degree day yeah, with, with no clouds? I would that's actually noted. say
2: don't run at all. That's yeah. the, that's my school. Yeah, yeah. that <laughs> is.
0: Well, I so usually good. go at 6 a.m., but... That's true. You do go um, earlier when it's not know. Know. as hot. Hmm. You know.
3: I don't know. If you were much cooler right now, though, you wouldn't have appreciated the party water to the full degree true. to the extent that you did. That's a very good point. I have mm. to give credit, though, to the source of that term. And my party socks for Friday. Yeah. <laughs> 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 also that, yes. <laughs> uh, the term party water, at least insofar as I've ever known was invented by the now former representative of Seekout, Out, uh, which is also the representative of Tutan Cider, oh. and that would be Asia Hacksaw Brothers, um, who is, in fact, now uh, GMing at the taproom of Metropolitan. All those things. Wow. She was a uh, former... Where b- so uh, you're
0: going uh, just later today. There it is.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Worked Sounds with like her over destiny. at the Bar Bueno oh, uh, okay. as well,
0: yes.
1: before she got her start. Uh, with guns and
3: then and then two
1: towns in Seacau.
3: And then fancy this, she, in fact, also worked at Rockwell's with the gentlemen who own Aleman. Amen. This
1: ah. circle has just been yes. squared.
3: Yes, Nate and Jim ah. are coming on
1: soon. We're, we're, Allegedly. We're, we're, we're going to yeah. nail them down. If um. uh,
3: they say that they're doing it now, then they're obliged to, right? Yeah. I like
2: that Rockwell joint. I uh, love those, uh, what are they, Cajun egg rolls? Mm. Oh, What? Forget Where is it. that? On Rockwell. I never there. Off
0: of at Rockwell's? Yeah, yeah I words. mean, I just never ate there. Just right, off the brown yeah. right off the brown line. Right off the brown
1: line, Also, oddly enough, another small circle, uh, oh. the fellow who was running the kitchen over there was a sous chef and uh line cook here. I found oh, shit. Really? Ago. Andy Spetz. Huh.
3: Yeah. Chicago is just a uh, incestual industry. So that then <laughs> kind of was a query. I mean, obviously, cooking situations in every respect are kind of bouncing back forth, hither and yon, much as it is with bartenders. But mm. is there much of a different structure set for the way that cooks would have to do that versus the way that bartenders would have to do that? In terms of... um, What you're sort of tested on, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I think, and I think for anything, I think maybe... Well, I guess it goes both ways because there are certain, a lot of bartenders, they they like to work in certain locations and places that have a certain feel to them, whether they are, you know, they prefer cocktail bars and they're... And, yeah. You know, or they prefer more of a neighborhood aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have their preferences there. I think same, similar, similarly with uh, with cooks and, and chefs. Sous chefs is finding the right home of what you want to do, mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. what that place is known for, and then the ability to work together and collaborate. And um, I do think maybe that there is a that when a new say sous chef or chef comes into a place that they maybe like. They work within certain parameters, but they maybe have a little bit more uh, f- um, free will mm-hmm. to switch things up and a put, put, put their own twist uh-huh. on things. And while bartenders obviously do that too, but um, from the bartender side, there's a place that has a you know this is their this is mm-hmm. this is what this place is known for. Whether mm-hmm. it's a great beer and a conversation place, whether that is a cocktail place, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's not maybe as much to you can't really change the Uh, you
0: can't really change that as much coming in as a bartender
1: would be just a general thought.
0: How did it affect you guys when changing your menu after the bars were allowed to open after the shutdown?
1: I think it was just um, looking at um, a, a direction and while I think we always, we've gone in different directions and while we have always tried to encompass different things, it was kind of a we had the time to look at it and to be like, all right, you know what is what is Fountainhead in terms of what are they known for for the beverage side, right? And then how can we pair that with the food? Um, and then having a an exact direction of saying, what is Fountainhead's food about, hmm. right? And, um, and then being able to do that and say, hey, all right, let's go. We're known for scotch. We're known as a whiskey bar, right? Yeah. So let's work with the food aspect on that to kind of go along with that and be – and so having that a little bit of a european influence uh uk influence um i think really put us in a little bit of a direction there and mm-hmm. i think that's it's and still being able to be creative and do different things but having you know things like fish and chips mm-hmm. which is recognizable yeah. uh the meat pie which is an interesting thing because we've we kind of upgraded, but in, in Scotland, I mean, a meat pie is like a—it's like a hot dog here, right? You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's comfort food, right? It's—it's well. it's quick, easy comfort food. Yeah. And we're kind of doing it a little bit of a more of a, of an upscale approach, I guess, but still, you know. Speaking of
0: Scotland, Callum is not here because he's having lots of sex Jesus with his girlfriend. My God. So
2: that's you why you thought that? we were off the That's where I we, really uh, thought he would, because I didn't want yeah. to think he would put the man's uh, business things out there. like donor
1: kebab, you know, exactly. the donor yeah. wrap, which yeah. is oh, which delicious. If, if, and so we might say, like, I've never even, I don't know, yeah. what, what's this donor? You know, what, what that, the way that I would explain it would be a, American version of like a euro, like
2: you know, yeah. I mean, euro, oh, I, love I a euro. think
1: euro, but but different. Yes. course, cool. um, We do our own blend of, of the meat there that we worked with from the Northman. And so we brought cool. a couple
3: uh, menu items over from there. That's awesome. Huge Turkish influence in Germany with doner kebabs. Those are all over the place. Mm-hmm. That's where I first had mine, hmm. whenever that was.
0: I pronounced it Donner the first Donner, time I ordered Donner. it. I'm so sorry Donner. to the entire Fountainhead staff. <laughs> that that <laughs> That's <laughs> where <laughs> my mind was at. I'm like, <laughs> is this a Donner party? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I was actually wondering if it started there, but I'm like, it probably has something to do with more of the
3: German influence. But mm-hmm. Chances seem decent.
0: You never know in this day and age. <laughs> to,
3: to, to your point about just the, the, the structure of how the different uh, bartenders or chefs come in with their different levels of influence, I was thinking about how when somebody will move from a program to the next – Maybe there might be a big announcement about the head chef who's coming into this program and people will then read that article because it's probably published there yeah. somewhere and then go and make the reservations. Mm-hmm. If your line cook or sous chef moves, <laughs> probably there's not going to be a big announcement about that unless it's a Michelin restaurant or something. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Except there for
0: locally maybe through... Yes, the through the grapevine th- and yep. such.
3: Um, but on the reverse, if the beverage director moves, mm. that is... Probably less spoken about, maybe unless it's in wine circles or certain things like that. Uh, And yet, when bartenders move around, that's when they drag the regulars with them, and that information seems to be a little more public. Maybe that's just a matter of whether it's customer facing or not customer facing, but it does seem slightly. Inverse.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of that with the, the bartender side is is word of mouth and having you know, mm. there's you know, oh, this person is now at this location. Mm. Let's go see them at this location. Yeah, um, rather than an announcement of hey, we're hiring on a new oh. a new chef or bringing somebody on. Mm-hmm. As a thing.
0: rep, I just follow the money. Mm. Yep. Mm. That's good <laughs> fundamentals. <laughs> 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 Rule number but no, one. It, It's a good point because there's so many bartenders out of work right now, and I'm just waiting to see where they end up at yep. and go visit them, see what they're what they're able to do at these new places once they land new jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. how That's yeah. a
3: lot of uh, – it's a different story right now. A lot to unpack there, yeah.
0: Yeah, when it comes to that. What you get into about how – the complete inability of our government to figure out what the bars and restaurants are going to be able to do this winter by um, designing a, ch- a challenge for winners to win five thousand dollars. Three winners to win <laughs> five thousand dollars to come up with an idea for it. It's absurd. I uh, before we even get into that, I wanted to, we had a, I recorded a podcast with um, one of the owners of Brando's Speakeasy down in the uh, Loop area mm. last night, and he got fined for having his excuse me patio space seven inches too wide and this is a place that is barely keeping it alive mm-hmm. literally they're open just because for their staff to make money mm-hmm. their the regulars are keeping the money coming in enough where they can pay their staff but they aren't profiting whatsoever and they're only open for limited hours obviously mm-hmm. um they can only be open because they serve a limited amount of food too thankfully but one one side of their bar can only have 12 people and i think the other side can have 20 people and then someone comes by at a random, t- random, I think, Monday from a city, 9 o'clock at night, starts measuring things out and, like, here's your fine.
3: Do they w- suspect that it was perhaps because somebody called the uh, city on them?
0: they're right over the federal building, so uh, this is a, it's a random okay. visit. They've never had any complaints or anything, hmm. and um, they've been untouched from all the any rioting or looting mm-hmm. to happening in the area down there. Hmm. Just a random stop by and, like, there you go, going to find a small business that's barely hacking it right now and and they they find them because
1: they were like the the tables the like gate
0: or the um, the railings they had separating themselves from the rest of the sidewalk were t- was too close to the blue line entrance Yeah. <laughs> right hmm. yeah so that's where it's where our local this government's is, at right now with us with yeah. small
3: businesses some place i was uh, that that's quite randomly received a a visit from the city and ended up receiving a fine for having an A-frame, which seemed profoundly peculiar, because A-frames are almost as numerous as pigeons in the city, <laughs> and we all thought, well, this is preposterous, there seems to be some misunderstanding. Uh, the city worker was polite and, and courteous, but mm. suspected that she just didn't understand the statute, or was new, or something like that. Mm. And then, as it turned out, you know, it was absolutely correct. The A-frame, as such, is not allowed in the so- so-called public way. And any time yeah. it's there, it's just taking a risk that yeah. they are now coming down on. They suspect, that's why I asked, in this case, that they had a complaint called in on them from some vengeful personage. Um, hmm. But I don't know. That's all speculation. Uh, it's like
0: uh, it's like a metaphor for cancel culture in a way. <laughs> mm. <laughs> all a little yeah. thing, the little thing, the smallest thing can get you in trouble, which makes no sense whatsoever when you're just working to survive, pretty much, at this mm-hmm. point. It's, it's,
2: I find it really, th- it's not funny, but... In the sense where the city made such a push to get these licenses issued and, yeah, you know, for them in order to use the outdoor space. I mean, they were shelling out like, you know, card decks. Right. And all of a sudden, you know, they get that, and now they sit back, and now they're collecting on top of that in form of fines, which is like, you're kind of setting...
0: It's a bad precedent. Yeah. It's just, I uh, mean, it's small businesses trying to survive. It's yeah. And... Yeah then that's the unfair approach because and these, and are the, these are the places that are having 80 to 100 people still in their bar and restaurant <laughs> um, illegally after midnight and serving drinks. This is somebody who has a few inches extended.
3: I will say that... Not I w- out of their pants. I w- um, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, that when we spoke, maybe it was the first or second time, that uh, the point had been raised about that fines had been issued, but those businesses had not been made public, those names. Right. Now that is being done. Yep. So that seems to be a change that hopefully will encourage some better behavior. I don't know if that's right. necessarily the case, but that seems to be one of the bigger changes as well. Well, I think really,
0: getting back to this wonderful contest that you can enter in. Anybody out there, uh, just go to uh, Winter Design Challenge, and um, you can figure it out right there. All Chicagoans, there's three winners of five thousand dollars or more that could help save millions.
1: But if you don't, but if you don't do it properly, you get a ten thousand dollars fine. <laughs>
4: But if these yes. designs
1: are too close to each other, and this Correct. isn't to make
0: light of, of being cheap? able to do the right thing, but then you will get a $10,000 fine. Mm-hmm. So, eh, yeah. you know. Which just dominated the last 15 minutes or so of our previous conversation last week about what do we do as a colder months approach. And I understand the city. I, I, I guess at least they're, for lack of, for, no pun intended, forecasting ahead to what could happen um, with bars and restaurants, which is great to see. And that was my first uh, initial thought when i saw this contest posted online like okay well at least they're thinking forward about it and putting in the hands of chicagoans and then five seconds later i'm like they have no fucking clue what they're doing and the lack of leadership is it it shows you that it shouldn't just be one person or one little small group running either our local government or a larger government at large um it should be a collective of people from various parts of every industry that have a say in developing the city because we know what the backbone is of the city. It's small business. I mean, obviously there's a lot of, uh, mega real estate that goes into Chicago and developing when it comes to hotels and, um, commercial real estate. But what do you see in this neighborhood to support it? It's a local business. Yeah, it's,
1: uh, and yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, we've talked about it before. It's a, it's a frightening thought. uh, to think about what's.
0: Well, what's your cha- what's your entry, Bob? My
1: <laughs> entry. <laughs> uh, stews and brews on the rooftop. I love that. Stews
4: and brews. Stews and brews. Stokies and, and a whiskey.
1: And uh, is that where the gustungling comes in? And it, yes, there it is. Just yeah. make a little Stoogling, corner for yellow yeah. snow to happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, that. That. I mean. Forget the uh, uh, piping upstairs. Right. Yes, piping upstairs. That's the, that's the other issue with that. Is is.
0: I'm sure it's more than just you. I mean, I would assume a lot of rooftops would love to do things outside, but when it comes to plumbing upstairs, you can't you can't risk it. I mean, you're you're looking at
1: a a you know you can't you can't risk pipes freezing like that. Um, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a that's a it's to- a total overhaul, you right. know. So uh, so and to be able to uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, the other thing is I hope that Chicagoans. Uh, get past this like, oh, it's past Labor Day and now it's 65 degrees instead of 90 degrees where we can't sit outside anymore. Yeah, that's that is something that happens every year without a doubt. Um, And hopefully people, given the current climate and the current circumstances, that they understand that like, hey, you know, outdoor seating is the best option still or the only option. So hopefully they're still willing to come out and sit outside when it's 50 degrees. Wear a light sweater, have a beer, it'll warm me up. Yeah. I mean, it's happen in all over the world. It's right. it is it is Exactly. It's like totally normal to sit outside if it's 45 or 50 mm-hmm. degrees. It's true. I'd right? love it. And and for whatever reason, I'm not sure if it's in the entire United States or Chicago specific, once the temperature changes a little bit after Labor Day, that nobody sits outside anymore. Right.
3: It's the strangest thing.
0: Yeah, like it Western Europe, strange. it's 40 degrees all winter long and things are still open outside.
3: Perhaps just the acclamation, whereas here there's that sense of trauma of, <laughs> oh, it's a little chilly. I'm just having flashbacks to playing dibs and being snowed <laughs> in all all week. <laughs> but so, exactly, there's that more there's that more modest temperature set, but 40 degrees is still pretty chilly. Yeah. Uh, what I remember seeing, first time in Copenhagen, is that it would be heat lamps, sure, but then there'd be all these blankets set out and people just bundle up with the blankets definition of higgy and mm. it was great here given the current circumstances though it just is totally unrealistic to change the uh the blankets with every seating session which mm. is probably what people would expect you to do mm-hmm. so bring what's your the own
2: binky, binky. Could be mm. a binky. Mm. there we go bring your own binky yeah
1: uh, a slumber party
3: it's pretty great we, B- we, don't wanna,
0: we want a whole like pilgrim native american situation to happen again either though
3: with no. spreading disease through blankets no no
2: yeah we don't need
0: that
3: but i mean some people would say that a lot of Americans deserve that, despite the mm. generations that have passed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I guess, another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Once again, welcome to the Keen
0: to Lake History podcast.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Full of well, we facts.
3: go back in time and reverse yeah. history.
4: <laughs>
3: um, there was what? that group, though. I was trying to look this up. That group of chefs who banded together right after or right around the shutdown. Mm. Um, Jason Hamill uh, was one of them. Um, and then uh, Stephanie Ozard as well. Uh, Rick Bayless, and they yeah. all sort of coming together and put this Instagram piece out about these are the expectations that we have. These are some guidelines that we expect. This is the leadership that we're looking for. You know,
0: it was separate from the Illinois Restaurant Association, correct? Yes, yeah. correct.
3: And that seemed to have some effect. Did you see much participation or communication amongst other owners?
1: Uh, not a ton on that specific front, mm-hmm. um, but certainly, I mean, there was, I mean, conversations between, you know, ownership of of, of our establishments with other places and how we're all going to try to try to get through this and ever you know, and, and each, each place has its own different circumstances and what they're, right. what they're able to do, what they're willing to do, what, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so there's a little bit of give and take there.
0: Hmm. Where I, I never even thought about it till yesterday, ignorantly, uh, and naively that there's no bar association. For Chicago, there's restaurant, there's Illinois Restaurant Association, but for for Illinois, there's no bar association, so the bars are kind of left on their own, um, Hmm. divided from that. Hmm. I never thought about until I had a conversation yesterday. I never knew that either. Did I? So it's not only is it just for, well, I guess technically bars can't be open um, if the rules still persist through the uh, colder months, if. Uh, it stands It stands where if you don't serve food, you can't be open at 25% capacity, which realistically what bars, what restaurants are going to be open in the wintertime at 25% capacity if you can only have 10, 12 people inside of your mm-hmm. restaurant? Will it even be worth uh, opening your doors to that? That's the biggest question. <laughs> um, like What's going to happen to our friends over at Beguile where they have this and Dovetail, that have these amazing outdoor spaces because right. they have the space for it right now to sit in those parking lots, but once we get to November seventh, tenth, you know, well, shift in temperature.
3: There are there are some breweries that have a pretty considerable amount of warehousing space. Right. So if people are going to Revolution or even actually the upstairs area oh, of Pogueal or Metropolitan. There you go. There's there's something to work with, but that also then puts the potential stress on those establishments to say, now we have people hanging around all of our barrel aging mm. in a semi unsupervised capacity, and. I don't know if you've been upstairs to Dovetail, but no. they have hundreds and hundreds of barrels that are there maturing full of spontaneous style beer that yeah. is uh, potentially just a, a catastrophic loss. <laughs> if someone were to just have one too many dobble box and say, well, let, what does this pin do? <laughs> 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 um, but there is, there is quite a lot of industrial space. Just, I, I'm sure that if a lot of that comes down to, z- to zoning to some degree. I'm sure. But I don't know. Play um, your questions for yeah. us to be
0: answered, but contest participants can answer those questions. Oh, right,
3: correct, for $5,000. For $5,000. Yeah. Each. Each. Oh, each? Three and s- winners. Three, yeah. three winners for three plans to be su- implemented simultaneously or separately? I don't think Lori Lightfoot got that far. Or just mashed together like a Hydra, there we and go. then it just if sort of possible. wanders off Cerberus, and that's three Hydras. Pick some
2: of this, pick some of that,
0: sprinkle a little bit of that in there.
4: Yeah. Here you go. Hodgepodge.
0: Are you going to enter submission, Wilson?
2: I'm thinking about it.
0: What, what are you th- thinking about? What have your thoughts
4: been? Yeah,
2: I, I, uh, so Lindsay's part of the food industry, um, and one of the things that the food industry right now is currently planning are I shared, I, I believe I mentioned this last week on podcast,
0: ghost kitchens. Oh yeah. Um, no, it was, it was after. Yeah, but please yeah. go ahead. And so add.
2: it's it's basically essentially uh, for the food industry. Um, let's take you know Fountainhead. Fountainhead is open from call it noon to seven and their concept is what bob had mentioned earlier from then they're done serving that concept then from eight call it eight to ten or eight to midnight for sake of conversation a second conference a a a, a, sec- a second concept is then offered and that's a completely different menu, but using the things that they've already having on hand, not having necessarily to purchase more additional things. So, the uh, kebabs that you, the kebab wraps that you have will now turn into Greek bowls. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. something that's different, off the wall, quick so and is easy. It,
0: is it the same kitchen, kitchen staff doing this? It could be
2: a it's a it could be the same kitchen staff, or a whole new kitchen staff comes in, hmm. or you know and. Sp- Pays rent on that side, or mm-hmm. you know, s- or shares in the profits, or the percentages mm-hmm. of that nation. Um, I don't know the, tr- the the true ins and, and inner workings of, of that concept, but the ghost the ghost kitchen thing is is going to come to fruition, and it's not already happening um, already, where some of these uh, great restaurants that we all would frequent before and, and take out of town visitors and recommend turned into little markets. Okay. Same idea. Right. You're this for now, but now you're gonna you're going to reconcept you're going to become this for the time being um ghost bars would work the same way it's fountainhead from today from four to to ten call it and then from ten thirty to 1 a.m it's something completely different you know it could it's a brew house so strictly beers nothing yeah. else cocktails no cocktails just strictly brews um, I mean the, the concept could be different for every space or for every group that wants to do that.
0: Maybe it's based on my job, but I see it more from the alcohol side benefiting um, the bar hmm. but from the food standpoint, wouldn't you be kind of neglecting the kitchen staff you already have to bring in somebody oh, no, else? I'm just
2: saying you know if because you know you're you only you're you're making. Your your menu is made by your kitchen staff. Okay. But if you two to offer a second concept within your your own you know your own organization, then fine. You keep your kitchen staff. So would you We're bring an out of work um, but you chef. Would, this allows you to bring in people who are out of work, um, who are who have a concept using the same ingredients that you're having. hire. I'd mm-hmm. love to do this for two hours. Gotcha. Sharing oh, the fixed costs. Correct. In right. a sense. And then you know sharing a little bit of you know. Uh, maybe share a little bit, just you know, for the kitchen usage and so on and so forth. But you're sharing the cost, correct, mm-hmm. as far as the incurring costs of, of food and supplies. Yeah, because
0: I get it from a bar perspective, saying like, let's say one of our brands said,
4: yeah, turned it into w- a, a Star, a Star Wars War bar with from cocktails, and then say
0: partner up with one of the breweries locally, and say, hey, here's a brewery that will be only serving their beer, their correct. whiskey, their co- with made their cocktails. Correct. Maybe do a little beer cocktail combination. Sure. Oh my yeah. goodness.
2: I mean, <laughs> we have experience in that. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's. It just allows for other individuals who are not as, you know, uh, are n- I'm thinking in Spanish right now. They're, they're, mm. not, in, they're not working. Say it in Spanish. They're just not working. So this allows them f- to get back into the swing of things, maybe keep their hope up and, you know, maybe, hey, who's maybe even get a job out of it. Who's to say? Yeah. You know, because, but again, it's just a matter of really putting the, the concept together that would work for everyone and be fair to
0: everybody. So I guess in that sense, it's, it could... Is it time, Bob? It's time, Bob. It's time. It's time.
2: Yeah,
3: six minutes. What's it, what is it, what's what is the time I for? I think opening the rooftop. Oh, opening. <laughs> Come on down, everybody. Go on up. <laughs> Go on. Yes, there it is. Yeah, correct. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on up.
0: Um, I think it's a really interesting wait six minutes, huh? concept for chefs to get maybe a position potentially down the line. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. bring in vendors who are outside of work, but correct. I guess it doesn't resolve the outdoor situation
2: (laughs) no it doesn't it doesn't unfortunately i I know what's not what we're necessarily talking about but no i mean i'm just saying that but uh, let's take that a step further then let's talk about the spaces that these people that people are going to be afraid of sitting in when it dips below 60 degrees fuck i'll come in and i'll rent your patio space from you that's what i was thinking right i mean you know what i'm saying hey you don't want to do anything on your roof you yep. still have insurance to cover it. You still have equipment up there. Right. I'll incur the the cost. I'll bring my own bottles. I'll bring my own know. bottles, or you bring it in. Yeah. You get paid. Well, like there's you
0: were saying, too, you know? speaking earlier this week, is instead of doing samples where we're pouring it, is give them you know two ounce sample bottles of three to four but SKUs, and they can take it home yeah. with yeah, them. I was just <laughs> yeah. hearing
3: yeah. about this. Yeah, the return of sampling through dr- so called dry samples. Right. Dry samples. But yeah. then right. The, the cost that's incurred in the packaging is often it's so not extreme. terrible. It's not terrible. We not were talking okay. about that earlier. About thirty
4: dollars
0: for about twenty pours.
3: Yeah.
0: Huh. so it's not it's not terrible okay. i mean or no 60 pours 60 pours yeah so uh, yeah so you $30 know, for 60 but but
3: you're also dealing with a product that it in itself is relatively high price per ounce or price per unit right whereas right. if it were just some random food stuff try my new triscuit sort of thing <laughs> uh that would make it harder but i can see how i mean it's it's already worked for the alcohol industry There are all those little little bottles behind the bar right our yeah. At the, the counter, I suppose. Yeah. Which in
0: Chicago, there's a weird law. You can't sell individual 50-milliliter bottles by himself if someone sets of four. You have to sell them in four. So <laughs> really?
2: Yeah. yeah. Four.
0: I mean, not everybody
3: hears that law, but... It seems like it slightly defeats the purpose, doesn't right. it?
0: Right.
2: It does. It does. Well, can you buy
3: a bottle 750-something uh, or handle something and then one? Or, no, no you just have no. to purchase four. And f-
2: the 50-milliliter you now have to Now, there's a lot of places four. that, like
0: I said, uh-huh. don't adhere right. to it, yeah. but... Uh,
3: Yes, that is the law. Huh. Very strange. And you can't mix and match. Anyth- it's Supposed to be old. No, you can do same. that. Oh, okay. Yes. you can yeah. mix and match yeah. the, the fifty mL. A mini yeah. flight, mini flight. Yeah, oh, yeah. For so sure.
0: anything. L- I think I believe the law is anything less than two hundred milliliters. You have to s- of a, of a spirit. You have to buy in packs
3: of four.
4: Yeah.
3: Hmm. Uh, where else is that done? Other places that you cover or no? In regard, the 50 I only MLs. Yeah, the, that, that,
0: I only a it from. We sold them at Koval in our gift shop.
3: Ah. Yeah.
0: So we actually made packaging of four.
3: Indeed. I remember seeing those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and then I found like, we had not sold them in a while, probably a year or so, and I found a bunch of bottles, empty bottles. I'm like, hey, we should fill these up because people will buy these on Saturday afternoons to take them on their stroll down to the breweries and through Malt Row. Perfect. I mean, we're not encouraging drinking down in public, but Mm
3: -hmm. I mean. Uh, You know, perhaps... Yeah. Certain alley somewhere. Right. 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 Once yeah. they get out of the store, who knows what they're going to do with them? Or make a Boilermaker once you're on site. Right.
2: Or even that. That's, That's even better.
3: Actually, all right. Boilermakers. Love Boilermakers. How makers. much has that really been part of the conversations you've either had either on the podcast Jake is or with retailers?
0: I huge, We talked about it once, actually. A few times. I mean, so it's huge in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, Melbourne, particularly. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, they specific
3: spirits or just across the board?
0: Whiskey and then with any local beer. I mean, it's kind of just. Uh, there's a place called Boilermaker Room. Yeah, Boilermaker Room in, in Melbourne. And they do pairings of, they have 26 taps or so of craft beer. And then they have probably a bar that's very comparable to what we have right here at Fountainhead, around 900 whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, I'll say, like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm interested in something did for my spirit. And then I want a porter. And they will just find it for you. Really? And like, I was in a group of six, so they poured... Um, probably about six ounces of an IPA, six ounces of porters, uh, yeah. three each. And then we all got different whiskey pairings mm-hmm. and just let us go at it.
3: That's fascinating. Isn't cool? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this is one of the bars that has always celebrated the notion of right. the Boilermaker. There's still five on the list, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, but to have somebody sort of pick and volunteer what they're interested in from each side, yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's ahead of its time. Good on you, Australia.
0: <sighs> yeah. Fucking Aussies. Oh, no, I've, I've pitched it to the other bars across the city. It, it, it kind of works. I mean... Um, we've sort of experimented with it at, at Bitter Pops uh, in a way but I think it's where you're really going to find that is those smaller independent places that yeah. will take a risk on doing that and I, I, it's probably more taking a risk on us than it is the actual brand which Thank I you. guess uh, it's reputation based but hmm. trying to explain to people like hey this, this whiskey and it's not just the whiskey our whiskey it's whiskey in general tastes great with beer the pairings are right. wonderful
3: and in Australia do they ever just do the, the full-on bomb it. sort of situation, or is it separate, sort of side I by side?
0: only do that at a more of a dive ear bar, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> with uh, lack of better talent in my glass. <laughs> <laughs> well phrased. Okay. Um, but uh, in the traditional Boilermaker sense of what we, I, in America, I no, I think it's more about the pairing itself. Yeah. <laughs> what are you pouring us, Bob.
1: Wanted to be exact. I wasn't exact. Ah, I nobody's touched them yet. If you need I to, I thought I could split that oh. exactly evenly on the first go. You're We're generally in. very
3: good at such things. Damn it! Yeah. If you hadn't said anything, we probably wouldn't great know food. this.
1: Candy. Might as well. Uh, uh, <coughs> well, I would uh, maybe defer to Samu here. Uh, this is a sample that he uh, brought over yesterday. We let mm-hmm. it sit in the fridge and thought today would be um, a great, a great.
0: Uh, you know, a full uh, 24-hour frost. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Got to let
3: really let things settle in. Figure out their space. Settle into right. what that's they're what you use yeah. upstairs for. It's used as a freezer. <laughs> right. uh, this is um, not that this has really anything to do with what we've been talking about. No, but that's for great. It. Uh, it. does certainly follow well after the Saison de Pont that Bob was kind enough to pour for me. Uh, archetype for sure. But um, this is a beer called Eural from the De Dole Brewery um, in Essen, Belgium. Uh, They are celebrating their 40th anniversary this year, actually. Wow. uh, Which pretty much puts them into Sierra Nevada territory. Just think about that, relatively speaking, in terms of what the Rip brewery revolutions have been like in each of these countries. Certainly, Belgium is not as far along in the proliferation of contemporary, really new-school breweries. But Mm. uh, if there were a godfather of that modern era, uh, many would argue that it would be... Belgian. Exactly, yes. Not just a Trappist brewery or a large-scale... InBev, something like that, many would argue that um, that the doll is is the one. And this beer is a bit oh, of a throwback. Mm. Uh, it hadn't been brewed for, I think, at least 15 years. I could be wrong, uh, but quite some time. And uh, some elements of their anniversary are bringing back some old recipes. And uh, this is the first time certainly it's ever been in a can. Uh, but that's as much a credit and to the their importer.
1: This is part of the Be United exactly tank, tank yes. Yes. Um, project.
3: Be United is the importing group, and I would actually love to talk about this with Spirits as well. If there's anybody in Spirits who's doing anything quite like this, it would be fascinating to, to learn about. But um, Historically, beer importers would just go to a, a source and then get the product and then bring it back over here and let it sit in a warehouse and ship it over under what whatever temperature situations. And Thus, a lot of people have this ongoing perception of imports um, that they're dusty or old mm. or oxidized or light-struck or whatever it is. Right. Uh, infected, and in some situations that was very much the case. But um, this organization said, "All right, well, let's buck that trend. Um, we taste this at the source. It's amazing. We come here. It's different." Yeah. Um, so they invested in these large tank container vessels that are multi-hundred hectoliters yeah. and are sent throughout the world. Uh, Bob can attest Ma- this as well. Imagine so like see a
1: giant, almost like an oil container. Yes, Ooh, exactly. Oh yeah, Full of sim- beer. similar in size. Full of
3: beer and, and cider, fuck and yeah. separated. Yeah. Yep, by tank and and can be
1: temperature temperature controlled. Oh, right, shit. so it's filled directly from
3: the bright tanks at these breweries, and then that just ship cool. it out or below the waterline to the United States, where they will then finish the beer. Sometimes it's even pitching additional yeast or blending it with something or mm. adding additional um, sort of dry hopping characteristics. They okay. may
1: even add fruit from their own orchard at this facility. That's, yeah, wow. Yeah. They work. They work directly with these breweries.
2: That is cool. And
3: and then they will can it at their own facilities, uh, or keg it at their own facilities, uh, and keep that QC as vigilant as possible, so things are unpasteurized, unfiltered always. Wow. It is. And then just we're getting this, this
1: imported beer as fresh as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether that's from Belgium, from mm-hmm. Italy, wow. From Japan. I mean, it from Germany. I mean, it's it, it was really a like and. Uh, How many
3: places are doing this? This is the only organization I've ever heard of that is doing something like this. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. kudos to Bob and Foundhead for long having supported this group, um, known as being sort of the, the, the champions of Hitachino, one of the other suppliers in this okay. footprint. Uh, the only Hitachino umbrella that I'm aware of is upstairs right now. Oh. Um, well, the only place with Hitachino Umbrellas <laughs> that you can go to in the Midwest. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Amazing.
0: This is not in like, oh, that's right. Are there it any wine so importers happy. doing?
3: I don't know. That's the thing. I would love to hear <sighs> about it. What, what do you think of
0: wine? I wine would make lines? sense for that, right, yeah. yeah. But
3: that's sort of in a big box, cost-effective piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is doing it in a much more small batch expression mm-hmm. so that then you can control, you can check on, you can, if you need to, restart fermentation. So it's, so it's uh,
2: unfinished?
3: It sometimes is, yes. Sometimes it's just brought over when it's unpasteurized and finished. It just needs to be... It's it's more protected if it's like in a flock. Think oh, about gotcha. the more the more wildebeest there are, the mm-hmm. less likely they are to be attacked by wild beasts <laughs> yeah. slash okay. wild yeasts. I love I it. I, I guess right, yeah. the, the yeah. only
0: thing I'd say that would be similar relating to spirits would be maybe a marriage of two different grains that are barreled separately and then brought over and then maybe perhaps married together... Uh, I well, see the, well, how you well, mean. So, so, like and, and so sometimes the spirits, there almost? might be, your, right, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or, yeah, or where yeah,
1: um, a distillery or a company might source, source juice, source, source something in, and then mm. maybe they do, they finish it in their own barrels, or they may mm, do right. a different. But that, but that's a little bit different. That whereas, different. whereas because essentially this this company, be united, they they want, they work with the breweries, and the breweries like this is what we want our product to be. Okay. So mm. be united works with them. So like. And now there might there might be a situation where a brewery like Hitachino or Didol or somebody says like, Hey, we're gonna send you this and then you guys can add something to it. Hmm. But it's not necessarily a free will where Be United can just change Correct. the beer, you know, right. they still have Understood. to work with the guidelines gotcha. of what, gotcha. the, what the brewery wants the beer to be.
3: Gotcha. It's not like okay. you're buying neutral grain and putting your own brand exclusively on Right. Okay. Or, you're,
1: yeah. or you're buying uh, even an aged yeah. an aged whiskey from MGP or something, and then yeah. you're finishing in, in your own port cast. Precisely. Or a just and then a rebranding different different it. Where, yeah. uh, I prefer the, sherry. The, <laughs> sherry. Yeah. With you. I I'm do with too. You. Sherry, Sherry all day. <laughs> sherry forever. Uh, I for
0: a Shiraz.
1: So so this is <laughs> in this Z. in this specific instance, the, the importer is working with the brewery and they may collaborate and wow. they the brewery might send something over and said, Yes, now you guys can add your own raspberries that you grow on your farm, or you can okay. add your own coffee that you roast mm-hmm. at the facility too. I mean this is a really fascinating but it's not a the importer can just do whatever they want to it.
3: We're not buying it wholesale, that's exactly right. Right. Okay. Uh, there are certain circumstances where they have been a little sly on certain things. So maybe, for instance, uh, DuPont, they bring in cider as well. I remember hearing a story about DuPont saying, and still actually have this on their mm. ca- cases, that our ciders will age for this period of time. They can only keep for maybe two years. Mm. And United said, mm, are you sure? And at one point when one of the cider makers from DuPont was over at Be United, they served him something and he said this is absolutely incredible what is it they said that's your cider but it's like seven or eight years old or something i might be getting a little bit these details wrong but they sort of hid it from him in that sense and then brought it back and and said you should you should try this yeah Yeah. so it is very much a back and forth in that respect matthias it it was one of
1: the most it was one of the most rewarding experiences i've had working in this uh in this industry being able to go to that facility uh a whole day of different tastings and tours i mean tasting with the master brewer distiller of Hitachino you know, who came over from Japan to taste and then randomly busting out 30-year-old sakes yep. and wow. to taste that he didn't even know That's was right. at the facility. That's right. That's, but again, all another back like, like, pocket shit. play. This is a, and, it was a, and he saw it, yeah. and he said, I, if I'm, and I, uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong here, but I th- I'm almost sure I remember he said, this is the first sake I ever made. In yes like 1982. Yes. What? And we're tasting it now, and he didn't even know it was there. You could see the general wow. surprise on his face. He was almost overcome. When sure. when the representative David Frost from Be United, um, who still I credit as the the person who showed me who changed my beer world hmm. when I was 21. Yeah. Um, hmm. And he brought that out. And the, yeah. to see that it was just, it was just a unique experience. Wow. And we from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. different tours and. From doing their own coffee roasting, to making their own bread, to their own farms, to their own aging, to uh, ice wine, to all sorts Mm. of different, I mean, just a really cool, and in the middle of, you know, essentially in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut.
3: Mm. It's the full exploration of what fermentation and distillation can be. It's not specific to spirits, not specific to beer. No, it Uh, is the root. The the full gamut.
2: It is, it's where it all starts. Pretty fascinating.
3: Be United
1: Imports, Oxford, Connecticut look it up. I, I don't yeah, know. Uh, I'm, I know they've kind of stopped doing a bunch of tours and things like that. Yeah, for the time being. But they, they the own, but they do have their own...
3: But They have expanded more with their own brewery in the last couple of years. Hmm. Uh, initially, it was just sort of behind the scenes, but they've stepped a little more into the limelight, deservedly so, mm-hmm. um, with a brewery called OEC, which is sort of a, a, a bastardization of the Latinate for... The Order of Eccentric Coct... Ordenum Eccentristic Coctorum. Something like that. Which more or less means the the Order of Eccentric Boilers. (laughs) Uh, Just (laughs) making weird beers. Weird beers. um, beers. (laughs) But also just some... Really good, clean loggers. Um, a Cool Ship logger has become one of their flagship offerings. We have it at the Fountainhead Market. That's true. That Pick that up a four-pack of, of the OEC cool Ship go. Lager. Yeah, so it's a
1: brewery that's at the same at the import facility in okay. Connecticut, mm-hmm. and, they brew, and there. they brew there. They use spent grain
2: from bread, right? Yep.
3: That they make and then serve there as well. Get the fuck. Uh, it's, <laughs> this it's, is it's,
1: a, it's, a, it's
2: spent grains from bread.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they'll yeah. use well, that to make beer.
1: Heaven. It's a like a full self-sustaining facility it's brewery.
3: there's virtually no level of eco impact because they're built into the hills, so that it's oh all wow. just naturally cooled like top to bottom it's <laughs> across yeah it's super great but for those people we were talking about dovetail earlier yeah. who like the notion of cool shipping loggers and I, we haven't really gotten into the beer technology of what that necessarily means but just an esoteric at this point old school way of producing loggers that is much more risky in one sense And, yeah, they do that uh, across the board there as well. Higher risk of infection. Hmm. Ah. Uh, Not to say that it doesn't sometimes go wrong, but that has produced some really happy accidents in a sense. My favorite is with these shipping containers. And after this, I'll stop talking about... No, please. Yeah, it's fascinating.
0: (laughs) Is this from Wild Yeast? Mostly, or...? Uh,
3: the, The OEC Brewery produces both clean beers and then mixed culture beers, and then spontaneous beers. Okay. So, clean beers where the yeast is pitched deliberately and managed. Yep. Mixed culture where you'd have a clean fermentation or clean pitch and then you allow acidification to occur um, naturally through either uh, inoculation in the air or those yeast and bacteria that are living within the vessel itself or entirely spontaneous where you leave it open right. in said cool ship for a long enough period of time where the yeasties just say all right let's go to town which is a very popular and for and home brewing in, Be- right. in belgium uh, more recently Bur- the uh, wild, uh, sounds- yes. people Yeah, people trying to sort of figure out how to do how to how to cultivate a unique sense of terroir almost.
0: Yeah. I, mean, I know about like Brooklyn people doing this, which is scary in a sure, way, <laughs> but, yes. uh, but uh,
3: dovetail again, they're another one yeah. who's doing that. Um, is was, I think afterthought has done some keeping together. Um, there are some of the other keeping together is a project of Avery Swanson, formerly of Jester King in Texas. Oh, one of my favorite brews. Right. On the face yeah, of the me earth. too. Um, but yeah, they they do some of that. All
1: color has done a lot of mixed yeah, right. cultures. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're, bringing in different yeast strains from different breweries from all over the country and then... Longer than
3: almost anybody in Chicago That's really say.
1: That's yeah. a fascinating
0: mm-hmm. project that they've yeah. been Just doing Does have the best ground for any brewery in the country? Um,
3: in a sense, it's... I mean, in most space, I should say. But oh, <laughs> uh, largest facility? They have been acquiring a lot more in the last few years. Yeah. Um, uh, they are... Uh, they have barns. They mm-hmm. have um, wedding facilities. Right. They have their cool ship space. They have... A goat farm. Um, they I think have places where they're now growing grapes. They've just been slowly, slowly wow. expanding that footprint.
0: Volleyball court, I believe.
3: Uh, it's it's <laughs> an, oh and then they recently bought Stanley's Pizza, the place those was oh, done hill. Really? So they now own that space too. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, last time I was there la- when was this, last year or the year before? Uh, I did, there since did a pizza tasting s- s- yes, which uh, uh, I'd never done before. A pizza That's tasting. A, pizza tasting, a, a, a yeah. coworker
1: of mine um, and a friend and her and her boyfriend went down and then they went to Jester King and met they mentioned and they said the pizza.
0: Yeah, like the pizza was killer, and that yeah. they're
3: like That's they're awesome. Chicagoan, so okay. You know. There's another Huge brewery. There's another to brewery to in Justin
0: Austin King. on the north side of town. That's a brewery and a pizza place. It's a very large Pine House Pizza,
3: Live Oak, no, not Live Oak. No, uh, no. Austin City Beer Works.
0: Oops. Yeah, I think it's they have like it's very much like a European style of long tables. And uh, no, I mean not. Is, it, is there an ABC brewery?
3: Oh, ABGB. Yeah, maybe it's them. The Austin Beer Garden Brewery. No, it's not a beer. They maybe. have long tables, know. but.
0: It's an indoor space. Um, they have, it's
3: also a pizzeria, but... Uh, it might be ABGB. No, it's really good. Uh, it looks, it looks very sort good. Of like a half-hanger, almost. Would there be Honky Tonk playing at any given moment?
0: Yeah, it could be that, but it's more like a, a strip mall that they kind of built into a, a German beer hall.
3: <laughs> that sounds more like pint House Pizza. Okay, maybe it is. It's like, probably I haven't been in like, five or six years. Pine house has a couple locations.
0: The thing with this
1: beer, even mm. in, a, in a can, and in, in a lot of your um, classical pundits of beer will say, yeah. you can, can't... Can't have the same carbonation in a can in a bottle. It's not um, the same. Um, this, it's not the same. Belgian beer out of a can, like yeah. that's not going to be the same as you have it in right. a bottle shipped over from Belgium. It's not going to be the same. But they, this is, and that's something that uh, we've always we have talked about for years. There's mm-hmm. a there's a difference when you s- get true Belgian carbonation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost almost like a pop. Yes. Mm. It's a pop in your mouth. This fine
3: champagney, creamy effervescence. Yes. I was and
1: say, and this uh, and that just speaks to the, the quality of, of the work that, that this import company is doing too yeah. to be doing this in a can. Yeah. And and if I just poured this for somebody who would like, you know, see a can and be like, I'm not having a can Belgian beer, right. that's blasphemy and I just pour this for them, and then they'd be like, oh, it's amazing. It's good. Guess what, it's out of a can. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. It's
3: out of a can. Put the bottle of, say, some DuPonts in the can of that right next to each other, and call, the the textural experience is similar. It's capoose. Yes. And it's, it's that nature of re-fermentation, that live wow. yeast there that produces that. amazing. That, that CO2 versus just clicking it with some force carbonation. Is
1: maybe high fives? Good call. Five
3: yeah, right about five-five. Five-five? Yeah. To me, it reads almost like to Dole's version of Orval, uh, with just a, a, a re- a bright, fairly bitter Belgian style pail. Hmm. Um, I suspect that there is some wild yeast in this as well, um, from what I'm told or from what I've been given to understand. Don't know, but that is yet to be determined more, since uh, this is again a relatively new packaging piece hmm. here. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, the Dole, is, I've carried a couple of th- I had a, a few ke- Was it
3: Ara? Uh, Ara beer. Ara yeah, beer. beer over m- at m- m- Buena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it a fantastic beer. And brewery. there might still be some of the vintage kegs hiding down there somewhere. <laughs> yeah might be it's one of my favorite belgian breweries they're great oh but oh that goes back to the potential for accidents as well yeah that happens and truly again this is the last i'll say about it uh so with these 10 containers um there is a chance that well all right so um these 10 containers go to different destinations on the same trip okay so you might start in belgium and then go inland to germany and they have a brewery in the portfolio called um the glass tower and they make one of the best Saisons in the world. Um, it is uh, the Saison de Hermer. it's just, it's, it's exquisite. But um, <laughs> anyway, so they went there, filled up a tank of Glausentorden, and then went on to uh, Bamberg in uh, Schleinkeller. And there they were to fill up some of the smoked beer, and um, so uh, the brewers there fitted all up with the hoses and they just sort of start the filling process and look at the watch and you know, assume you're going to have a beer and just take some time, but then the tank is full, and wondering, wait, no, that seems like it was way too short, and then had this just sinking realization, oh no, what have we done? T-filled. We just put some of our beer on top of all Ooh, of that other beer. Oh, oh. Right, yes, oh. yes. And But this is where it gets good. So <laughs> on the one hand, you'd think, well, this is just a catastrophic loss, and you have to then call the owner of this importing group and say, hey, uh, I just... I just completely screwed a container. I tanked a tank, essentially, <laughs> of your saison beer with our smoked beer. What should we do? I mean, dump it, right? Because this is probably gross. And the owner of Be United, and this is just hearing it secondhand yeah. from David Frost, uh, said, no, 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 that's actually genius. We want all of it, please. <laughs> <laughs> we want Let's this. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and they brought it over and called it the Gerucht. It was a smoked saison that was 15% schlenkela smoked beer and 85% saison d'herbe mer, and it is still one of the most fascinating, th- delicious beers I've ever this heard before. Once, yeah, once it's it's, uh,
0: that happy accident occurs, what takes place after that? When they realize it's... Is it days in between,
3: or... A Good question. It was probably the... the I don't know, I guess I can find out, but the day that they discovered this, I suspect that they called him, yeah. and, it was and then I, of course, suspect also they'd have to go back to Um but... That owner is a wild child himself, so I imagine he may have been one of two ways. He might have been so hyper that he was just completely unwilling to countenance anything until he was persuaded by Matthias, who's very persuasive. Or he said, "Great, we have no rules because it's Belgium and we can do whatever we want to beer, right?" And yeah. said, "This that, sounds great."
1: And that's something that I've always uh, uh, a bit of a difference in, and oh. kind of like you said, like the Belgian, like. Some of the Belgian breweries, that it's kind of wild, and they kind of, you know, they have some fun there. Whereas, whereas a lot of the German breweries, it is so exactly. It is so to the point, uh-huh. and and it is it is uh, repetition, and it is clean, and yep. it is and so this is. And speaking of those two different countries and the beers that they make, I find it fascinating how how they can be wild, how they can be very different, right. but yet immaculate in their own regard. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's the weird harmony of both. The organization that represents both ends of that spectrum, and to bring it back to a found head plug, the kind of places Ooh. that can understand both ends of the spectrum right. as well, and celebrate both of those things.
0: That's, and That's the most important thing. For and also for you, somebody who can actually explain that to a bar proprietor, saying here's why it's unique, but then also them recognizing how unique it is and right. selling it to their customers, and talking to the customers about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. I'm trying to think. The whole time we've been talking, how that could relate to, to whiskey or spirits. I've been wondering I'm, about that too. I, the closest sure, thing,
3: pet not, and all sorts of things like that, true. minimal intervention, but whiskey seems so deliberate.
0: I mean, the, fr- the closest thing I can get to it was that Revolution, no, well, it first started with Goose Island, um, messed up a batch of Matilda, mm-hmm. this is six years ago, and sent it over to us at Cobalt when I was there at the time. We redistilled it. Okay. And then, but we put it just in a vat, a stainless steel vat for two years plus, huh. instead of actually barrel aging any of it. Not intentionally, but it was just through the whole Anarchist of Bush stage was kind of beginning stages then. So sure, yeah. legally, we could not release it saying Goose Island. And, uh-huh. and so it just took for years, for basically, the legal department to figure out what we could put on the label. What did and, that end up being? Um, it was our, uh, what do they
3: call it? Vatilda? That, that would have been pretty good. No,
0: we couldn't, we could use their uh, font. We couldn't, mm. I, I, I remember. Beer brand. We call it beer brand.
3: Did it okay? Did it did it maintain? Did it maintain any of the characteristics? Yeah, it was yeah.
0: great. I mean, it was uh, it was like it was awesome for uh, Manhattan's. It was a white. It was a white spirit. Oh yeah. It just stayed, sat in stainless steel vat, but it still can change um, a lot of its flavors and hit the palate a lot differently than it did. when We had it for two years after we distilled sure. and then put in the vat. And I wish we would just put like, at least one of it, one one barrel full. But Fantastic. it's great. great. That, that is a great. No, and that beer—that's beer. one of the best noses on a beer I've ever had. Sure, so in a right. can.
3: Just in a can. Yeah. Yeah. In um, a can.
0: But I, I, spirit uh, side, I can't think of anything relatable. To hear,
3: well, this is another reason we also need to get Ari on the podcast right. so he can talk about the beer and distillation piece. They, yeah. um, will occasionally do that. They've there's one they've already released that was the sour pills. Mm. They had a pills batch that went sour and distilled that, and it's it's. Legitimately excellent. It's so fascinating. At and our
0: distillery back in Australia, we made a beer, uh, ginger beer, at 20% alcohol. Aha. And uh. then, and barrel aged it. Then sent the barrels to a brewery to barrel age one of their beers inside of this ginger beer cask, sent it back to us, and then we put whiskey inside of it. And now we released, we do that now. Ha- started as a happy accident, like most things do in this industry, as sure. you just explained. Yeah. And, now we have a, a yearly ginger beer release.
3: Based ginger on beer or the ginger spirit? Ginger beer cask. Ginger beer cask.
0: So the, now this local brewery makes a ginger beer, barrelage it with one of our barrels, right. X red wine casks, and then send it back to us. And then we finish off one of our single malls inside of there. That sounds fascinating. It's great.
3: So do they still also then release the beer proper at right. 20% yes. ABV? Oh, uh, no, 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 This was
0: done because our owner was tired of buying ginger beer at the bar <laughs> for our distillery. And he's like, guys, make me. We'll be we have a bunch of, like, renegade brewers as our distilling staff. Yeah. And so they made this high percentage uh, um, ginger beer, and it came out as that. And they're like, well, you, we, like, can't sell this, yeah. but maybe we can work with one of the local breweries up the street. And so they kind of did that, and... They uh, made a beer, ginger beer, or I can't remember if it was a ginger beer or a beer first of all, and then they put, it, they aged it inside of that cask, right. sent back to us. Now it started this whole uh, annual release uh, huh. program
3: for us. What's that spirit called?
0: It's called Ginger Beer Cask.
3: Fancy that. Ginger yeah. Yeah, okay. There Released once
0: a year, about 4,000 uh, bottles or so. And
3: what's the brewery that has worked with?
0: Uh, you can patch that in later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. It's mm-hmm. something they do. Actually, Kevin knows them. Kevin um, Carey. Yeah. Uh, there is a relationship somehow with them. I can't think of the he name, just
3: though. Sneaky friends everywhere.
0: Yeah, we were going to go to Australia together and do like a whole whiskey beer thing. But yeah. they, have, they have a giant beer fest there. I'm escaping
3: my name. Oh, the name of it. that's what... Yes, he's been to that, I think, at least twice. He was... Right? Tr- could be wrong. But. I was
0: there. I literally landed the day after
3: it happened. Huh.
0: Do you know Luke Robertson? He's a writer over in Melbourne, but yeah. he writes
3: for Good Beer Hunting a lot. Name is very, that's, I'm sure that's where I've seen his bio. Yeah, byline. so
0: we were trying to meet, and he's like, I honestly drank so much beer that I don't want to drink this entire week. <laughs> that was there. <laughs> so, but, because I was still doing some work for Good Beer Hunting at the time mm-hmm. when I went over there, but um, didn't meet up though, because he had drank too much. He's like, hey, you ready to go out? And I'm like, I'm actually leaving tomorrow now. <laughs> but, um, no, it. it I f- the name of the brewery just escapes me but it's somewhere in my head I'll figure it out Yeah, be post production that's right No, I was, but the whole time you're talking about it I'm just trying to think how could this be like the spirits because it seems like a, an easy idea I mean sure. first I'm thinking like okay well when it relates to us a key in the lake it's like okay how about Wilson's company makes a really awesome rye sends it to Scotland they age it at Abelauer send it over to Australia finish it inside of one of our red wine casts then send it back over to America to be sold
3: sure
4: yeah it's awesome not cheap. No. We, we, we
3: kind of did That's that. The but there are enough buzzwords there that I'm sure there'd be any number of whiskey nerds who'd say, yeah. oh, this transcontinental function. Right. That's yeah. a
0: 120 bottles, whatever yeah. it may be.
3: Maybe it starts with just focusing on spontaneous washes. We, we
0: kind of we, did that last year. Us, Westward, and New York Distilling Co. Um, so Westward brought over their new make to New York Distilling Co. And they redistilled it inside of their still in Brooklyn. And then they put it in one of our para uh, Solera casts. It's a 30-gallon cast, and it's still aging in New York right now. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen to that barrel, but my autograph is on there along with about 120 other people. So it's worth something. Yours is one that counts, (laughs) right? (laughs) Um, But it it, it was a really – we called it Partners in Whiskey, obviously. And we had this big media event to kind of launch us and um, just the spirits in general in New York, um, especially westward too. North Distilling Co. obviously is known already in there, but it was uh, a really interesting collaboration between three master distillers. Yeah, that's um, fun. And then taking a cast from Australia that had red wine. I believe one of the stays in the cast was 30 years old as well. So oh. yeah, we we build those stays, uh, those casks a lot out of older stays for um, from a pair of casks all throughout south coast of Australia, and then we put one of our single malts in there. Mm-hmm. But, that's hmm. great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh. It's, it, it, I love this, the idea of possibilities and that's sure. why the Winter Design Challenge will work in Chicago. That's great. That's <laughs> yes. That's yes. a good thing. Bring these ideas bring together. Uh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. I, 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 I want to be optimistic about everything because well, I have to be, right? I mean, for our jobs. I have to try to be, yeah. For all four of us. Wilson left us, by the way. Right. <laughs> I don't know where he went, but you have to Farewell, leave. Well, Wilson. Uh,
1: um, Sweet friends. Yeah. It's... it's <laughs> Try to be optimistic. Take it a day at a time, and, and hope that um, hope that over the next several months, either a um, we start, you know, really seeing a, a dip in uh, see numbers going in the positive in a positive direction. Which um, we already are, um, which in, we a are city, yeah. in a state. Um, we are, um, but
2: yeah.
0: It's, it's it's there's not a lot of words to say, which is. I was guess why our government's reaching out to the public for ideas, because mm-hmm. <laughs> right. the solution is in the air right now. It's for us to pull yeah. it in and somehow uh, figure out what to do. I guess, which I I do appreciate that aspect of the of the community and the people have some say in it. But really, what is what ultimately what will happen? I mean, someone could have the best idea in the world, but is it feasible to cut through all the Bureaucracy of our local government and, to do
1: it and and uh, come up with a with this great design of um, of a way to keep people heated but outdoors yeah. in their own confined space,
0: which is more money for bars and restaurants without recirculating too much so in the then, same So, so then, the bars and restaurants
1: will spend twenty thousand dollars on right. on purchasing though that equipment and building that. Here we and go. And not getting and you're still not going to get that revenue. And that's an on like let alone that's, the cost of everything else. Like, a $20,000 investment right. into equipment to have 20 people sit outside is not going to—that's not going to build the revenue that you need to stay alive. And that's
0: still based on if people come. Yes. I think
3: one thing that everybody can get behind that would be equal parts performance art, disposing of something that's <laughs> unneeded, and providing of warmth would be just literal dumpster fires in the middle of the street. People would come and watch not that. Not from yeah. that, I don't, I don't think. think. Yeah. yeah. It's just hashtag 2020, isn't There's it? There's a new yeah. Batman
0: coming out, so... <laughs> True, there
1: du- we go. Oh, it's dumpster yes. fire too
0: in it's, Batman. That's
1: right. You guys see the trailer?
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, no, I've, I I'm have i intrigued, but I just prefer I not to watch.
1: Uh, Do you have any Intrig- birthday bourbon? <laughs> 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 hey, you guys got any birthday bourbon over there, or...?
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully,
0: um... Hopefully we can
3: come up with a, with a good idea and a good solution.
0: For, uh, I think you're late to your meeting.
3: There's a decent chance, but yeah. our conversation has been so edifying.
0: Right. i has very educating yeah. when it comes to this whole uh, uh, shipment of everything from oh. across the world to being... Free. I, a, I don't know if the word is, I guess, not
3: repurposed, but... Mm, reapplied? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, We can think about that for next time. <laughs> but also, there too, really it also speaks to the initial point that or not, I don't know if it was initial point but prior point about the harmony between boilermakers right mm-hmm. and that these different worlds come together in unintended ways mm-hmm. and that sometimes it's the creator or the bartender who decides this is the pairing that I want mm-hmm. and sometimes it's the consumer says this is what I'm used to this is what I like and this is the sort of marriage that I want to see so I think there's still so much ground left to cover, cover there um, in an, all of those aspects and from all those angles right. we'd love to delve more into that and learn more about it from your side too
0: yeah, I think it's, it's something there for sure. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I know that every distillery is trying to think of new ways. We we have weird. Uh, we have well, we don't have tariffs like every other country. Australia coming to the U.S. It's one of the very few um, that doesn't have affected by that whatsoever. So mm-hmm. there's like the possibility of getting things, <laughs> yeah, of getting things over here um, to do those, which was easier to ship one barrel at a time mm-hmm. for that one project over in New York mm. last summer versus shipping it from scotland or whatever it mm-hmm.
1: might be i don't know an interested th- and how much i guess oh well, yeah they do still work with with distillations and be united does
3: and certainly yeah. Right. they have their own beer brands.
0: because it wouldn't be like because kevin's um asked me about getting barrels from australia wouldn't be that that'd be wouldn't be the same thing i guess it'd Probably. be more of a bar- well it
3: depends on what's in the barrels right Are they empty True. Or no?
0: i mean we put our whiskey in there pretty fresh from the vineyards mm-hmm. um Especially with uh, one of our spirits where we want that juicy fruit flavor still in there. Sure, yeah. Other ones we do re-shave and re-char, uh, or shave down and re-char, uh, toast and re-char are, mm. what do well, you call it, Bob?
3: B and I will do that with wine. R-T. They use a lot of red wine casks from South Africa right. where they have one of their mead suppliers, and sometimes those things pick up those characteristics. So not a normal possibility.
0: Just of having a whole facility to... Reapply, repurpose, redo. Yeah, re- that's pretty great. That's
1: pretty great. it's a pretty great space. And being out there, we went out there in October, just yeah. in the fall, and oh. driving. Mm-hmm. Flew into Boston, drove down to Connecticut drove to Connecticut. Like a road
3: trip, hit a few other breweries on the oh. way. Yeah,
1: it was,
0: it, was a, it was. a great experience. What a life you guys have. <laughs> Rock tours. Oh. Now in the cage. Yeah. Thanks, COVID. No more vacationing. No. Nope. Oh well. All right. Don't I end on a down note, but nah.
1: You know, it's not a down note. It's a, um, it's a realistic let's, note. It's a realistic note, and let's and try to uh, you
3: submit, submit your ideas, people. Submit, <laughs> submit
1: your ideas, and try to you know let's let's try <laughs> to do the best that we can, and wear your mask.
3: I appreciate that. Always that. And there, if there was one final point, is that amongst yeah. those regulars you were talking to about mm-hmm. that one establishment, that are, those are the people who are coming out and sustaining. I'm sure you can speak to this best, Bob. Is that I have been encouraged by the amount of support that I have seen from that base. Mm. And yes, of course, there are always going to be those people who are um, railing against the rules and who don't want to come out. But ultimately, if that many people were so worried, they would just retract in all respects. But there are those people who are coming here still on a frequent basis to go to the rooftop, or mm-hmm. they're going to the found head market And saying hey I want all these bottles of Panonica I want all these bottles of uh, whatever might happen to be and they're also helping in what ways they feel comfortable doing
1: absolutely yeah and and it's been even since the new Illinois law was passed just what Tuesday I believe um, of uh, customers wearing having to wear a mask or face covering in interactions with any staff right and to see the response actually 90% it's actually been it's it's been pretty great a their um um their effort and and wanting to to you know protect their right. the staff they're talking to but also just like it was a table uh on wednesday i'm every time i'd about to approach the table with a beer one of the people at the table would be like, yell like mass on <laughs> and they all like hurry and you know scurry around to put their masks on it's and like, it's and it's and it's it's funny and it's and i'm like guys i appreciate it i'm not i understand like you guys are in a conversation and then i just pop up with a drink and now you're like fiddling around trying to get your mask right. on like I, I appreciate the uh the effort and the concern and, right mm-hmm.
0: um i think it's what everybody's asking for is the
1: effort exactly, I, exactly yeah, yeah. Effort, exactly right. you not know, be perfect and, but try but I, like yeah i said guys like, i really appreciate it and um you know just and and do the best you can with spotting us and 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 putting your mask on but if I just happen to surprise you and you're having a conversation and don't see me, I'm not going to also just like whack your arm with a stick as soon as I show up with a beer. i <laughs> like, where's your mask? Because you're having a conversation with the person that you're here with. Right. Um, in the middle of a sip of something. Exactly. But yeah. it's, been, uh, it's been actually a very positive uh, reaction to yeah. that um, in the few days since uh, that I've seen with, good. with customers and, and guests. And that's, that's, that's Love been good. that. Yeah. That's Keep up awesome. the good work. So that's we awesome. will end on a positive note. Right. That's right. <laughs>
0: and yeah. if you're, well... Depending on when we release this, if our whiskey tasting happening on Monday, August 31st, if you haven't bought tickets yet, you there should. There are
1: just a f- couple left available. Ooh, ooh. So go kind on Eventbrite, that um, you can go to either the Key in the Lake Facebook, uh, Fountainhead's Facebook. Um, you can also just email me directly, bob at fountainheadchicago.com. Um, there are just a few tickets left, so we'll see how that works. Awesome. Bob's I also just realized DLB. Jake's got a great, like, 1970s NBA What's hmm. going on I,
3: I called it Boris Becker Boris Becker earlier. Oh, earlier
0: oh yeah, yeah that's even better yeah. that's, that's even sharp. better that's and Wilson sharp. said 70s, well 70s skateboarders so yeah. all of these things are all, all solid
1: f- all it all works yep. I'm just glad I can entertain you guys uh, thanks for always. coming and uh, hanging out as always well, Bob thank, thank you, thank you for having for us thank you for making the time we, appreciate we are the invitation. juggling around some time uh, time things today so appreciate hey, your out. guys' flexibility um,
0: for Wilson, who abandoned us, and Calum, who's having sex. <laughs> I am Jake Hookie of Star Distillery over in Australia. We appreciate you listening. And hey, maybe we'll share a whiskey or a beer real soon in person together.
3: Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers to God.